I think it's just all about, you know, making navigation more like efficient trip planning based on your day. So maybe we don't know this for sure, right? But maybe proxy knows that you're going from work to home based on your calendar locations. And we know that you need, you know, you're typically going to the grocery. Like we might recommend like, Hey, look, check it out. Here are some recommendations on where to go get specialty grocery items or like making those personalized trip recommendations based on where you're off to. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey Tribe, if you like variation in a conversation, you are going to love this episode. My guest, Chelsea Roney, is the co-founder and COO of Proxy, which is a tech startup that allows you to create maps. I'm going to leave it to her in the interview to discuss and share what that means, but let me just tell you, OMG, super cool, super fun so creative. You can do so many things with the maps that they create. And we talked about a whole bunch of different things, what it takes to get different types of funding, particularly venture funding, why women have a harder time getting venture funding, and her secrets to manifesting amazing things and staying in the flow. I had so much fun with her. I think you're going to love this episode too. So listen in. Hey, Tribe. Welcome to another amazing episode. I have Chelsea Roney with me today. She is co-founder and COO of Proxy, which is a company that I'm going to say creates maps. But Chelsea, one, welcome to the show. And I'm going to let (laughs) you share what you do because I'm like so fascinated and really excited to talk with you today. Emmy, thank you for having me. I'd love to chat with you about proxy and business and life. Excited for our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So share what proxy does so we can give everybody kind of like the full picture and how exciting the technology is. Oh, okay. So proxy is a technology that any individual or business can use to create custom, interactive, crowdsourceable maps that you can share within just minutes. It takes just a moment to create, add points and share your map. You can embed it. You can share the links. You can text it out. Super easy to use. And then if you're a business, you uh, may want analytics on your map viewership data. And that's something that we offer as well. Hmm. So how do you create a map? Great question. You just head to the site, click get started. 
and it prompts you for with a couple of questions. It says, what's your email address? And that's so that we can send you your login information. And it also asks for the uh, map center as well. And so you're just going to choose like, hey, I want my map to be centered on, you know, like Chicago, Illinois or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you click get started. The map literally appears in front of you. It's already been created. You can head to the like editor portal, which is right in front of you basically. And then you edit some categories. So you decide what types of points you want to add to your map, edit those categories, then click add a point and you can get started adding right away. When you're done adding points, you click the share button and that's how easy it is. It's, you know, really and truly like three or four steps. It sounds, yeah, so simple. And I love that because I'm already thinking of different ways I could use it. <laughs> right. But it sounds like if you wanted to create an experience for friends or clients, exactly. right, yes. and take them on a journey, I would think both virtual and live, mm -hmm. right? Like then you can share these different points that you want to connect people to, and then they mm -hmm. can go there or explore virtually via website too. That's exactly it. It's a great yeah. way to explore the world. And, you know, people can, you can use it for individual use cases. Like, hey, I'm going to Italy with some girlfriends. Like, let's put all the points on a map where we want to go visit. And you can yeah. have everyone add points and you can have this like interactive guidebook right in your hand. Or if you're a business, you can create a map for, you know, let's say you own like an Airbnb or something like that. You can create a map for your guests of all the local recommendations that you have mm -hmm. and share it with them upon check-in. So, I mean, there are dozens of use cases, like, you know, people are using it for 5Ks or to map out like CSA farm, you know, uh, farms yeah. or to map out little free libraries or to show store locations or even if like internal use for a business, some attorneys are using it to map out potential practitioners that might help with their clients or something like that. So there's just a million different ways that you can use the maps. I love that. And then you don't have, I mean, I presume there's other things on the maps besides your locations, but it's, you're not like it's filtering out the things that you really want to focus on. Okay. That's a really good question. So proxy maps have nothing else on them, but the points that you add, it's not littered with advertisements. It doesn't have any other you know, it, of course it has a map background with street names and things like right, this, right. but it doesn't have any other points. So when right. you send a map to somebody to either add to, or you add yourself, it's curated, you're curating it. No one else is touching it. No one else is adding points. There's nothing popping up. It's a clean slate. Which I really like and appreciate because there's so much content and so much information for us to take in on anything. Oh. Having the thing, the however many things I need to focus on. That's right. Really brought to my attention is going to keep me in a place where I can want to appreciate that, but actually like do the whatever action it is that I want to take as opposed to, oh, well, I got there finally, but via, <laughs> you know three other distractions that were not contributing to my overall experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's a tool that people can use to explore their surroundings mm -hmm. without getting distracted with mm -hmm. other things that 
shouldn't be distracting them in the first place. Yeah. So I'm really curious too. So as the co-founder, what made you start this company? Okay, I'll I'll give you the scoop. So <laughs> back in October 2020, uh, my co-founder Melinda, um, who's fabulous, I wish she could be here today. So okay, she's in a neighborhood Facebook group here in the Seattle area. It was the first Halloween of the pandemic, and parents, of course, want to provide a fun holiday experience for their kids who have had so much taken away, you know, during the year. And so these parents were talking about, okay, you know, what homes in the neighborhood are offering safe trick-or-treating options? If you are, please add your home to this map. I mean, excuse me, to this comment thread. And so there were hundreds of families adding their addresses to this comment thread. Now, my co-founder Melinda has a background in geospatial tools Um, from her time in one of the U.S. intelligence agencies. And so whenever she saw this comment thread with addresses, she was just like, ah, this doesn't make any sense in terms of how people truly choose to navigate the world. What are you going to do? Go to the first address, type in the second address, which is farther away from the first than the third address? You know, like, how is that actually going to play out in real life? And well, so, if there's hundreds, right? Like, how do you choose the 20 that, that, right. That are close. Yes. And so she put all of these addresses on a map and strung together a set of tools that people could use to add addresses to this map. Now people started using it. There were over 2000 points added to the map over 500,000 views. She got on good morning America. And we were kind of chatting on the phone at this time. Now I've built and sold a couple businesses before. And so she was like, Chelsea, there's something here. And when I started looking into it with her, we found out that there were basically no crowdsourcing map tools on the internet for people to use. And so that's what we ended up building out is a a tool where you could publish a map with pre-made categories and whatever, you know, the branding that you decide on, but you can have other people add to this map. And so that's how we started growing because people out there, you know, either want to, A, if you're a business, engage your audience and have them add points to this, to a map, or B, you're like an individual who has a neighborhood with like a garage sale going on and you want to have people add points to a map or, you know, you're trick-or-treating or have a holiday light show in your neighborhood and you want people to add, add points. So, you know, it's all about exposing community knowledge, no matter if you're an individual or a business and showing that, you know, being able to show that knowledge to other people. Now, after we got started, we found out that there were other mapping features that people really needed like branding, customization, and analytics. And so that's kind of how we kept, kept going. Okay. I think it's fascinating and so fun. I'm curious too, could you create like almost like a scavenger hunt with this map? Yeah. In fact, there's one running right now. It's called uh, Pause with Cause, and it's running out of a place called Everett, Washington, and they're using our map um, to run a scavenger hunt. So it's been really fun. I love that because you can do work with it and play. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I'm starting to like think of all the creative ways that... Yeah, that's it's funny because whenever I start talking to someone, you know, at first people are like, okay, I mean, that's a cool idea. And then you see the light bulb go off, like, oh my gosh, I could do a scavenger hunt or I could, you know, map out uh, trailheads that don't have addresses in my neighborhood or I could, you know, 
create all these fun categories with these sticker icons that we have to like show up, you know, just to be creative and have fun or map out a travel bucket list. It's it's fun to see people light up when they realize what all they can map. Or send my clients on a tour. Like, okay, exactly. And so to that extent, we're adding a couple of fun features, including like point numbering. So you can figure out, so you can send people on like that ordered journey if you wish or and or the ability to add date time to every point so you can make a map of events if that makes sense yeah i love it yeah i love it brilliant absolutely brilliant everybody Thank should go you. check this out <laughs> chelsea let's talk about your like your experience in growing the company so it's sure. a couple years old it is mm-hmm. and what has been some of the challenges that you've had to overcome Mm. I think one of our biggest challenges is probably like everyone, you know, hours in the day, right? I mean, we have a venture capital funding, so we're lucky enough to have a team behind us. So we're five full-time. We have a slew of part-time folks that also help us on this mission of mapping. But I think it's just the number of hours in the day. Like, you know, there's just not enough time to talk to every potential customer I want to talk to, everyone who could find use out of proxy, and then also concentrate on building the product. And I think that's just been one of our biggest challenges. We have a really crisp vision on where we want to be in the future. And it's just kind of figuring out how to make the best use of our time to get there. It's not like a matter of we're confused about where we're going or what we're doing. Because I think I think we have this beautiful vision for our future, but it's just, um, you know, having enough time in the day to get there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you're venture um, backed right now. Mm-hmm. That's have right. you in your other companies? Have you always been venture backed, or have you? How have you built your other yeah. companies? So my first company was bootstrapped, and my second company was debt backed with an SBA loan, a small business administration loan. Right. And then this one is venture backed. So I've dabbled in all three, not dabbled. I mean, I've full blown built businesses with all three, and they're very different. Yeah. So what, can you share the difference in your experience and, and um, for our listeners and I want to say what you like better, but where, you know, it's hard to know. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to build a business venture back just to make sure that I understood all the different ways that you can fund a business. Yeah. So I think, you know, there are two I would say probably two things that differentiate them for me, at least. One is who you're beholden to. Mm-hmm. And one is uh, how you spend your time. So the beholden, you know, who are you beholden to with bootstrapping? No one but yourself. Right. But you also grow slower because you don't have that capital infusion, or, you know, unless you're independently wealthy, you don't have that capital infusion. So it just takes a little bit longer to get where you want to go, but it does feel really good because no one is calling any shots about anything, your business, what decisions you make, nothing but you. So that's Mm -hmm. a great feeling. And you don't have that added burden of paying someone back. So With a debt-backed business, like with a loan, there's a big problem in terms of like cash flow. Like, are you going to have enough cash flow to be solvent at the end of the day when you pay that loan and all of your other business expenses? And so for me, 
I personally really hate debt. It doesn't feel good to me to have debt to my name. And so I just felt this enormous weight on my shoulders, way more than I thought I would before getting this loan. Just like I have a loan that I have to pay off. I have to make these payments every month and I was fine making them. It wasn't really about that. I actually paid it off really early, but like, it's just that like stress of ha- you know, ha- owing money to someone, at least for me. Now, maybe someone wouldn't feel that. Someone else wouldn't feel that. that. So great, great. And then with venture backed, uh, you're beholden to your investors. So you've promised, you've made a promise to them that you'll attempt in your very, you know, with all of your might to make the highest return possible. And most venture backed, you know, firms are literally looking to be unicorns, which is so rare and very difficult to do. And so, you know, we have, we have this vision of how we're going to get there, but you know, you've promised someone else that not just yourself. And so you're, I don't know. I just feel like your name is on your reputation, your name, like your gravitas is on the line a little bit. And then with back to time with a bootstrap business, I mean, obviously the time is your own. If you make a poor decision on how to spend your time, it directly impacts your revenue and impacts your life. Uh, But it's all on you. If you want a vacation, you take a vacation. Don't, you know, you don't necessarily have to report out on that. Debt backed with your time, it's just all about making that cash flow. So, you know, you might have less time because you are beholden to like making enough revenue just to pay back this loan. And then venture backed with your time, you know, A, it takes a lot of time to raise money to develop the decks, the pitch, meet with people, build these relationships, which are beautiful and fun and really rewarding, but it does take a lot of time. And, and that takes away from building your business, ironically. Um, <laughs> so it's all about like, how, how are you spending that time? And um, well, it, it's making- almost like two different sales cycles because you're yeah, it is. essentially mm-hmm. pitching to yep. investors, right? And then and creating that sale and that energy and momentum at the same time that you're trying to still bring on new clients because they want to see active momentum. Yep. They're invest. So that's a lot of energy and bandwidth in two different, entirely different sales cycles. It's um, difficult to hold space for both. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you receive any mentoring from your venture your VC people? Um, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, that is one of the beautiful parts about going venture funded. A lot of these folks are really a experienced. So they've, a lot of them have been there and done that. And so they can share their learnings with you and they're always willing to bounce ideas back and forth. So you're welcome to approach them about that. They've seen a lot of businesses go through ups and downs. And so they can provide that perspective And then lastly, they're really well connected. So not only can they mentor you in terms of what they've done and what they've seen, but they can also help connect you with people who are experts in the area that you are, you know, feeling a rub on. Right, right. So like, I would feel like that would be a great advantage. Um, It is. It is. There's no doubt about that. Having those connections and having that mentorship has been absolutely invaluable in the sense of growing as fast as we have. Yeah, absolutely. And what was it or what is it like for you? Because I mean, women don't get that much VC capital and you're in tech, which is, I think is even another level of difficulty. Mm -hmm. Um, So what was the process like for you and Um, somebody else was seeking 
venture capital, what would you recommend for them? The experience has been mostly good. I think I try really hard to have a growth mindset. So rather than feeling like it's a challenge, I'm, I try to think about everything as a learning. And so I think from that perspective, it makes things feel less stressful because I'm like, hey, I'm just learning. Like that, that's all I'm doing every day. It's nothing more or less than just learning. Like that's all I need to concentrate on doing. And if I learn something during the day, even if I mess something up, at least I've learned. And, you know, it can be painful, but, you know, I think the other thing as a difficulty we have kind of experienced is that both my co-founder and I appear as like younger women and there are stereotypes that go along with that. Right. And so we have to establish credibility in a meeting right up front. So if we're meeting with an investor or a mentor, we oftentimes have found ourselves having to pitch our personal stories and immediately launch into why someone should even take us seriously in a conversation. And we do that right up front because we found out that when we were pitching our stories at the end of a conversation, we were getting feedback like, well, you are way more experienced, incredible, and capable than this entire conversation led us to believe up front. So you need to pitch your credibility stats like right when someone needs you. And so oftentimes, like I lower my voice, like I tell my story in a way that builds, um, you know, a little, not fluffy, but like um, in the most polished way possible uh, right up front to try to build that credibility. So that that part really has uh, been a bit of a challenge. But otherwise, I try to view it as a learning. Right. Absolutely. Do you feel like the guys have... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, Just- I really don't feel that way. Mm-mm. I I wish I could tell you why, but I I think if it's happened to listeners or you, you know, you kind of you know that feeling. It's just kind of unexplainable. But yeah, I, I mean, it's something that I would love to see not just in this area, but in general, and women and business in general broken mm-hmm. really level the playing field because. We are underrepresented and we have great ideas. And not that the guys don't, it's not. Oh yeah. It's not that. It's just, it's how do we create a place and an economy where the people with the great ideas are succeeding more of the time to contribute to overall well-being for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's exactly it. I think as, you know, as women, we can help each other tear down some of those barriers by taking one another seriously. If someone, if one of us has a dream or a hope or something they're working toward, you know, building that person up right away, building that person up to your connections, listening to them when they talk and not interrupting, a lot of those things go a long way. Um, And they're not things that are regularly practiced. Yeah. Women who are just getting started, what would you recommend for them? And, and one for VC or for VC and for how we can support each other more effectively. Okay. For VC, I think if you want to go after VC funding, it's all about building a big enough painting, a big enough picture for the funder to, you know, to be willing to take a chance on you. They invest in a lot of companies and they need some of them to actually go huge because they're going to lose money on a lot, most of those investments. So it only works out for them if they're going to make a 
I mean, really and truly find a company that can make a billion dollars. So first of all, for women, I would recommend, you know, if you can paint a picture of a billion dollars and you can make the math kind of, you know, back of the napkin work out, go for VC, paint that picture, make it sound beautiful and awesome, have excitement and passion around it. If you can't work, make the numbers work out to like a billion in 10 years, you know, even on the back of a napkin, I would try to look at some other kind of funding. I was talking to a gal yesterday and she was like, well, I don't want to be a billion dollar company, but I want VC money. And I'm like, well, that's just not the, it's just not the way that works. Like, I wish that were the case too. I wish they wanted a return of two, you know, not like a thousand, but they don't, you know, it's like, so you should look at either angels who will invest smaller money and be okay with a two X return in five years or something like that, or look at debt backed or bootstrapping. So I think that's my advice is to paint this like really big picture for VC and establish your credibility as to why you are the one to take on mm-hmm. that right up front. And if you are going to VC or you want to go to VC and you haven't really been in this world before, that was kind of my case, I would go watch pitches online from Y Combinator or Techstars, watch demo day pitches. That's what you're aiming for. And I think that would help a lot. No one ever really said that to me. I wish someone did. And then in terms of supporting each other, what I would say is not interrupting people, other women especially, and secondly, and building them up to to whoever they need a connection to, if you're able. So like if you've got a friend working on some project and you know some other person you've met in the past that could help them in some way, like helping people make those connections, even when they didn't ask you, I think is one way to be advocates for each other. Yeah, absolutely. Because we all know somebody who can help somebody else. Yes. Just think if every one of your listeners or like even uh, 80th of the women in the US today made each other one connection that they thought could help each other, like think of everything that could happen from that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like women, um, I mean, tampon is probably not the right word, but it's in my head. Play down. There we go. Play down yeah, yeah. dreams or their their goals in business because they feel like a billion dollars is way like too big for them. Yeah. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, I've been in business for myself for a long time, and even I do it. You know, I think the problem here is that women are. You know, this is all a generalization. So, sure, there's you know, it's just a generalization, but I think women are realistic a lot of the times and they know that's, you know, making a billion dollars is not likely. And they know that it's really, there's a hard road to get there. And so I think a lot of women want to be truthful and talk about what they really think will happen. But, you know, if you're going to go after VC money, you have to believe in that bigger picture and you have to really and truly believe that you can get there. And it's taken like a decade of mindset work for me to be able to look someone in the eye and say, I'm going to own a billion dollar company in 2025 or, you know, like 2027, 2028, somewhere in there and believe it. And, you know, and tell them I'm going to compete with Yelp with a straight face and, and mean it. And I do. I do mean it. And I really think we'll change the world in some of those ways, but it's taken a long time to be able to say that with, yeah. with any stretch of confidence. Yeah. It, like I grew up and I'm, I think quite a bit older than you are, but I grew up with the, 
women should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. From that perspective of like, you stop dreaming when you can't speak it. Oh, oh you're so right. Right. I, I, I'm mind blown by your statement, but if you don't have someone in your life that you can speak this dream to, and they can look you in the eye and say, awesome, do it. I'm here for you. Like you are the bomb. Then the odds of accomplishing that are just so yeah. much lower. Like how, how could you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that's part of like the shifting generationally speaking, mm-hmm. but I don't, I feel like a lot of women don't feel like it's possible mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh no, no, not me. Cause mm. that's not like even out there. And it is like, maybe yeah. you do want to have a million dollar or a billion dollar business, whatever your number is. Yeah. I, I mean, and no numbers wrong or right. I've run businesses in six figures, seven, and hopefully now, you know, hopefully I'll get to eight with this one here soon, but yeah, there's no wrong or right number. It's just about speaking whatever you want to be into the universe. And a lot of work that I've done is around manifesting. And I'm sure you've done some of this as well. Like I write my goals and my future as if it's present tense. And so every couple of days, I'm not going to lie, I don't do it every day, but like I have like 10 things I write down as if it's present. So like I live in a paid off home that is, you know, beautiful and has lots of sunlit rooms and, Mm -hmm. or I own a company that makes impact, you know, deep impact in the space of navigation that -hmm. happens to employ, you know, X number of people and make X number of dollars and just writing that and believing it and being, I do have a couple girlfriends who will allow me to speak out these words out loud without laughing. And so, you know, and they'll just say, you've got it. You're going to do it. It's no big deal. And so those are a couple of things that have helped me. I love that. Um, I've done the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes in different ways. And it's, I get off track with it. Um, sometimes totally. it's on mm-hmm. track. Mm-hmm. It's so, it, it's amazing. and so cool because all that stuff starts happening. It, it does. And people kind of laugh when I tell them, but I'm like, no, I had a 10 year manifesting goal and literally 100% of them were true in one year. Like I thought those were my wildest 10 year dreams. And they came true in one year. Like, I think it's all about believe, like having some weird thing about just believing it's true. Yeah, absolutely. And well, you and know, I- it could be as little as like, I paint a beautiful picture once a month or something like that. You know, like it doesn't need to be some great. Right. It's like, or like I, I have a clean, ho- I put away my laundry every Sunday, you know, like just the belief that you do that one thing is it leads to it happening. It's totally wacky. And if that big thing, you're not ready to speak that big thing into existence, then start with the small stuff. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And then once those, exactly. Like I, I work out three times a week, just saying, I like writing that in present tense, Mm -hmm. that's kind of achievable ish for most people. And who knows that I hope someone tries it and yeah, the, result, the results we have. It's so fun. I do too. I, do too. I used mm-hmm. to, like when I was first starting my business and my, my sales pipeline wasn't as fluid. Um, I would, and I don't know why I always stuck with the number five, but that was the magic number. Yeah. I, just, I have five new clients. I have five new clients. Yep. I have five new clients. And, and the result was always more than the five. Yep. 
but that was the thing that just, I'd say, it, you know, if I woke up in the middle of the night and I was concerned about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about like retraining your brain. Like you're yeah. just saying to, instead of saying negative thoughts about yourself or about others or whatever, to train yourself to say those positive things as if they're present. I have five new clients. Like there is no doubt they're already in my book of business. Like it is happening. Yeah. yeah. So that's, the other is thing magic. I don't know if you've done this before too, but I've cut out like self-deprecating thoughts. I mean, it took a long ass time to do it, but like, if I thought, Ooh, I'm jiggling a little bit in the mirror or like, you know, whatever, <laughs> or I wasn't as clear as I should have been in some meeting. Like I just cut the, like, as soon as one creeps in, I'm like, no, you are awesome. You're amazing. I mean, it doesn't work all the time, but like, yeah, if- it, but it still gives you the reframe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's catching yourself and then being like, oh, hey, that's not what I want to be saying to myself and then creating the reframe. Yeah. And I have a four-year-old right now and she, I've been trying to coach her too on how to reframe. She'll, she'll come, I don't know how she learns this stuff, but you know, I never, I trying to never say like, I can't or things like that, but she'll be like, I can't. And I'm like, baby say I can like, and so like, just trying to like, mm-hmm. even help the youngest generation say, you know, like I can, I, yeah. I will try again. Like I, I'm really learning is important. Yeah. I'm really curious. See a couple generations from now as we're mm-hmm. all starting to be more, I think, open um, and acknowledge manifesting and creating new neural pathways, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. how our brains shift in three or four generations and whether or not the, the kind of innate fear that happens in the reptilian part of the brain, whether that dissipates some. Mm. Or not. <laughs> so. Hopefully so. <laughs> Hopefully so. <laughs> yes. Do we, do we evolve a little bit more quickly? Oh gosh. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. I want to circle back because I think we could talk about manifesting um, forever. All day. <laughs> it's so much fun. I want to circle back to um, the maps. One, oh, mm-hmm. for all of our listeners, you're offering a free map. Um, mm-hmm. The link will be in the show notes. But That's right. let's talk about like what the future of mapping looks like and, and how you see shifts and what's happening currently. Okay. So one major trend that we're seeing currently in mapping is I've never spoken this out loud. So let me find the words, something like um, point of view. Mm-hmm. So what point of view is this map coming from? People are starting to care about this. Now I say this, let me walk you through an example. Like if you go to Yelp and you're looking for things near you, the point of view is from an advert- advertiser and, or from the point of view of those um, reviewers. Right, right. And people just don't want those points of views right now. Like that's just a trend that people are airing away from. They're trying to find recommendations that aren't coming from ads or, or reviews of people they don't know. Cause you just don't know if you can trust them. You don't know if they had a bad day when they wrote that review. You don't know if they're, you know, someone's family member and they're going to write a good review no matter what. Yeah, so I think random crabby person on the planet. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Ruining every small business out there. So I think point of view is the biggest thing. So where proxy is differentiated there is that every map created is from the map creator's point of view. And that's how we spin it. So we're about to launch a discovery portal where people can go and find anyone else's maps. 
if they're marked as public. And the idea and the way that we present these maps is based on like the map creator and their take on that area, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So rather than an advertisement or a set of reviews who you don't know those people. So you can, and of course you may not know this creator, but you can click into their profile and it might say like, whatever the case is, like, I'm a mom or like I have two small kids and I'm writing from that point of view or the profile might say, I'm a chamber of commerce. Trust us because we know the area. And so you can make that choice. Like who do you want to trust and whose map do you want to see and whose points of view do you want to see? And so that's a major, a major thing we're trying to tackle. I love that. Yeah. And then in the future, it's all about, you know, of course there are like far out future things. Like how do you layer in augmented reality with like your maps and your car and like tying that into like when you get out of your car and navigating on foot versus, you know, there's a lot of thoughts in there that I won't get into because I think those are a little too ethereal, but I think it's just all about, you know, making navigation more like efficient trip planning based on your day. So maybe we don't know this for sure, right? But maybe proxy knows that you're going from work to home based on your calendar locations. And we know that you need, you know, you're typically going to the grocery. Like we might recommend like, Hey, look, check it out. Here are some recommendations on where to go get specialty grocery items or like making those personalized trip recommendations based on where you're off to. You know what I would love? Tell me. Uh, because I'm a foodie. And yes, me too. I have a, like a general restaurant list I keep in my my notes, my phone, mm-hmm. is to be able to map some of those out and yep. then have recommendations based on the ones that I've got mapped out. I love that. So, so a couple of things there. First of all, yes, put those notes into a proxy map. We're about to add open table booking to our proxy. So to maps. So yay. So it'll all be in one place. So you'll be able to like, you know, you'll have that list of restaurants you've been wanting to try. You can go look at it based on where you are, like what one ends up being closest to what you're, whatever you're doing at that point, you'll be able to book all in one spot. So that's cool. Secondly, if you add a point to the map, the idea in the future is that you'll be able to see other maps that have that same point. And so you can navigate to those maps and then see what those people recommend at that spot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was in Rome last week, I was looking for a restaurant, like a really good restaurant close to my hotel. Mm-hmm. And I found a really good restaurant, which I was going to book at, but it wasn't close to the hotel. See? Yes. So the idea here is yeah. that, you know, maybe before you went to Rome or whatever, you're laying in bed in Rome one night and you put together your list of things you want to do. You have it all in a proxy map. And that way, when you wake up or you're walking around, you can say, okay, what do I want to do? You know, what was on my list and what's closest to me? Mm -hmm. The location marker will be where you are. And so it'll show you everything that you all wanted to do that's around you, if that makes sense. So you can kind of figure out what to do based on proximity, which is where our name came from. So cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. Chelsea, this has been amazing. Oh, thanks, Emmy. I've had so much fun talking to you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Like I was excited before, but now I'm like, <laughs> the ideas are really percolating in my head. Yeah. I, re- I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your experience about venture funding and, and really where I think we can take 
and really help other women entrepreneurs expand their dreams and grow amazing businesses that serve them and everybody else. So thank you. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. So let me um, ask you this too. Where can people connect with you? What's the best place to find you? Um, and Proxy. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Proxy, you can find uh, at P-R-O-X-I dot C-O. We don't have the com. So Proxy.co. Um, and we are at some version of Proxy co across the internet so like facebook instagram you can find us like that uh for me personally my name is c-h-e-l-s-e-y roney r-o-n-e-y and i'm across all platforms at that name awesome well we'll get all the links and throw them in the show notes so i encourage everybody to connect with you one but two go play with a map yeah, it's Have free fun. and you can play with it. Like you're not going to break anything. Don't worry about being too serious. We have a bunch of templates on the site so you can go browse and see whatever, you know, floats your boat with maps. Can you color code them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. All right. So you just made my day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I made all of my like nerd, you know, like all of the organized people's days for sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I loved our conversation. Thanks, Emmy. Thank you so much for being a listener in the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 